Good morning. I'm John DeJoya, uh, professional geologist in the state of Wyoming. Uh, I work for Strathmore Plus Uranium. I have worked for them since the initial start of this company. Uh, and I think I probably forgot the third part of your question. What's the overview of Strathmore? Strathmore, this version of Strathmore was formed a little over a year ago. Dev called me up, Dev Rendhawa called me up one day and says, John, what are you doing? And I said, not a lot, playing a little golf, shooting, things like that, raising a dog. And he says, you're going back to work. And I said, well, I don't think so. And he said, yeah, you are, you're too young. So uh, he said, what I want to do is start another uranium company based in the United States with our emphasis in Wyoming. And I want you to be the head geologist. And I said, no, I, I'm retired. I have been for eight years. And he says, no, you're going to work. I said, okay, twist my arm. He says, what I want you to do if you won't come to work is find a geologist for me and some property. And I scratched my head a little bit and said, I'll get back to you. And I did. I found a mid-geologist, our, our vice president, Terrence Osier. And uh, I found the, I gave the company the Beaver Rim properties. Uh, they were originally part of one of my management packages 40 years ago. And uh, that's how we, we started this. Our overview was and uh, goal was to acquire properties in the state of Wyoming suitable for in-situ recovery. And uh, I think we've done that as a starting point. Uh, we have kind of branched out a little bit because a lot of properties are taken, as you well know. I had yeah. to really scratch to find properties. John, what a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for the introduction. Um, I'm really going to enjoy talking to you for the next uh, sh short while, the next brief while. Um, <clears throat> you said you've, you've worked with Strathmore from the beginning, um, and yet this version is uh, only one year old. Um, you've been retired for eight years. You've got a long uh, career behind you, uh, let alone what remains in front. But um, how long did he work for Strathmore and what other forms was that? Well, I, I started uh, with Strathmore in, I think it was 2005. I can't remember the exact year. It's been quite a while ago now. And I was hired as vice president. And our goal was to evaluate properties and uh, submit mine permits. Well, I... Uh, did that for a couple of years. And then uh, Dev uh, wanted to form a partnership with our really good property, Roca Honda. And uh, I became the manager of Roca Honda Resources and senior vice president. And I, I had to fill two hats there. So I've known Dev since about 2005. Okay. And, and then we, we sold, uh, we divested uh, about eight years ago. And uh, I opted to retire rather than continue on with the purchasers. Yeah. So um, eight years ago, kind of 2014. So you were in the, in, in the middle of the dog years of uranium. You know, the... the, the, the I've been the, associated with uranium since 1971. Go on. The, the year of my birth. The year of my... That was, I was born in 1971. Well, that was a good year. 
<laughs> I got into uranium and you came into the world. What, what can you ask for? <laughs> so um, what were you? Were you at, um, did you qualify as a geologist in 1971 and, and go straight into a uranium company? Yes, I started working. Well, they were actually Utah Construction and Mining became Utah uh, International. I was, I did my interview in 71, was not able to get to the mine site until 1972. So I started in March of 1972 with Utah International. They hired probably, me over um, the phone. There was probably about 200,000 people living in Utah at the time, wasn't there? I mean, it was, it was a tiny population. Well, it was Utah International, the company. And uh, we had, you know, over a thousand people probably. But the, 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 the state as it Oh, as I a wasn't whole. in Utah. This was in Shirley Basin, Wyoming. Oh, okay. So the, the, the right. So, okay. Yes, so, I went so, to, I went to school in Laramie, Wyoming, the University of Wyoming, which is about 90 miles down the road from our agate and our night owl property. Okay. And how long have you worked in, in Wyoming? I worked in Uran or uh, in Wyoming until. I believe it was 90 or 91. I can't remember exactly. But at that point in time, I uh, transferred over the Idaho to the Idaho National Engineering Lab. <clears throat> Excuse me. To work on a nuclear fuel reprocessing center. Okay. And, and how long were you on that, on that project or in, on that uh, side of the business? That was a fairly short-lived project. It uh, well exceeded the Department of Energy's estimates. It was deemed virtually impossible to build. <clears throat> Excuse me. So from there, I went uh, over or down to where I uh, worked at Los Alamos National Laboratory in nuclear remediation. I actually okay. remediated, or I was in charge of, excuse me, remediating the Omega West reactor. So and I've been in the, the nuclear world since 1972. A lifetime of experience. Uh, fantastic. I, we, we, the West, I mean, I, I know this is slightly off topic and it's not exactly Strathmore, but this is so interesting. I mean, the West has seen this almost kind of criminalization of the nuclear industry over the last 30 or 40 years as it's become so unpopular and it's it's almost been kind of legislated out of any reinvestment or kind of growth um, in the West. Do you feel that that's changing now? Do you feel that there are universities producing nuclear scientists uh, geologists talking about uranium, you know, do, do you feel there's a renaissance going on? Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Osier and I just spent uh, oh, about an hour and a half on the phone with a uh, professor down at the University of Wyoming who is working on a grant to study a couple of our properties. And he's hoping yeah. to get uh, a grant. So things are opening up. The academic world is actually starting to embrace nuclear. That's we really had to embrace it from a, a technical standpoint, but when students are actively seeking uh, employment and opportunities in the industry, that to me tells me that it's going to open up. You have to have the young people accept it. And, and they've got, uh, I forget how many people in the geophysics field, I think he said he had seven that would like to work on this grant. That is really encouraging. And yet I've heard that a nuclear plant needs, and I know it's not the same thing, um, but a, a nuclear plant needs about 160 PhDs to work on it. You know, we, we've got a lot of, uh, as well as the nuclear plant, we've got all of the 
resources that need developing, the mines that need running, the plants that need working, and then there's the nuclear plant at the end. I mean, so there's a whole kind of integrated upstream aspect of the industry before we even get to the nuclear um, uh, power generation plant. And, and there's a lot of interest right now. You know, it's hard to see it in the, the media, but when you get behind the lines a little bit, so to speak, you realize that the younger generation is starting to embrace this. Everybody wants uh, wind, they want solar, uh, et cetera, et cetera. However, they are embracing the idea that they have to have base load energy. And to me, this is terribly encouraging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bring it on, <clears throat> bring it on. Um, <clears throat> so let's go back to the, the, the geology and the selection of your areas. You worked in the Shirley Basin and in Wyoming as a geologist for 20 odd years from 1972 to the early 1990s. And then again, from 2005 onwards um, till about 2014. So another 10 years in Wyoming. Um, and you then, you have selected these three projects or you've, you, you brought in um, <clears throat> Beaver Rim, but you must've had an, um, a say on Agate and uh, Night Owl as well, no? I brought in all three. Uh, Dev, okay. and I talked to, Dev and I talked them over. I told him what I thought we had, and he was receptive to uh, acquiring them. We, and we only staked them. We didn't purchase these properties. Mr. Osier had some claims on Beaver Rim. Beaver Rim was originally part, when I worked at Federal American Partners in the Gas Hills, that area, uh, you know, we had 40 million pounds out there and we were partnered with Tennessee Valley Authority. And uh, we were never able to go up and explore this area. I always wanted to, but we never had the money. That's when uranium was dying back in the mid eighties. We weren't allowed to go up and drill it. And I knew there was stuff up there. How did well, you know that those, um, how did you, you said those 40 million pounds, you know, based on what? what well, worked back uh, then? 40 some thousand drill holes. Not on our property in the Gas Hills, the okay. properties that I controlled under with my company. Uh, so we knew that this huge body, uh, I hate to use the word or because economically right now it probably doesn't work, but yeah, huge body of mineralization throughout the Gas Hills and knew the potential. We had a shaft just north of this Beaver Rim property, we had the Muskrat Blackstone claims, and we had the the uh, open pit area. Uh, it was about forty million pounds that we had under our uh, arm there. Well, the uranium industry died. I had this in my head. I had a couple of old reports. The Easy stuff was picked up down in the basin that had 40 some thousand drill holes on for you know for 40 million pounds. Nobody really seemed to want the stuff on Beaver Rim. It was a little bit deeper. Wasn't explored. There weren't there weren't a lot of holes, but there were a lot of indicator holes. Yeah. You couldn't have generated a resource. We have holes on the property. Mr. Osier, our vice president, Terrence. Actually, when we were when we first started up Strathmore, drilled out there. We we have hit ore, but we don't have 
they drill hole results that we can publish. We know they're there, but from a 43-101 standpoint, we can't tell anybody what's there. But we know it's there. Terrence and I drilled out there. Because you don't have the core or because you don't have the assay labs or because, you know, is there some aspect of the The, the drill hole data belongs to the owners and they won't share. So um, we are going to ha- go into this property and drill holes to prove out the resource. Can I, can I just pull up a, a, a slide so I can understand what you're talking sure. about? So, so is, is We're it talking gas- about the gas hills right now. The gas hills map. Okay, let me just put that right into, in the um, middle. Right in the middle of your map. I don't mean to get so excited, but I, I get really worked up on these things. I, oh, I've studied no, them for 50 years. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that, that, that's absolutely fine. I, I love a bit of excitement. Um, um, and I am a geologist, so it, it comes naturally to me. Uh, so this is the, the, the Strathmore's Beaver Rim Project, Gas Hills Uranium All District, right, the, Wyoming. The Strathmore Beaver Rim claims, you see where it says West Diamond, and there's a heavy pink line? Yes. Yes, there. And then East Diamond in the middle, East Diamond. Can you see my yes. mouse? Yes. And then okay. north, go to the east and another pink. That's the north sage. And down yeah. south is the south sage property. <laughs> As if by magic. Um, okay. So uh, you were talking about the, the Gas Hills claims on Beaver Rim that the easy stuff was drilled out and people were interested in? Where, where, where is the easy stuff that you that people have picked up? Go to the, look on the north, uh, draw a diagonal from the southwest corner of your map to the northeast corner of your map. And yeah. you'll fall, you can see a rim. If you see that blue line, that that is the chemical property. That's what I used to control when I okay. was with Federal American Partners. And okay. that's where the 40 million pounds are. Okay. So Cameco have got, okay. In the middle of the, it's in the middle here. It says Cameco properties, 30 to 35 million pounds historical. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And there, that's the musk. A, you've mentioned the word musk, muskrat and blackstone. Okay. I'm, I'm getting this in context. All now. right. If you see where your uh, cursor is right now, where it says blackstone trend. Yeah. That star. We had installed a, an underground shaft into the ore and were ready to mine when things fell apart in the 80s. And you ran it seven, seven dollars a pound. <laughs> well, it was kind of ugly. You know, it was yeah. in the 40s and started rocketing downward. I've wow. actually been down in that shaft and sampled ore. I was a much younger man then. And then that trend, if you follow it to the southwest, yeah, takes takes you to another shaft called the Atlas Shaft. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right there. That was part of the Peach property owned by American Nuclear. And one of um, our partners, John. These are all roll front uranium deposits. So these are those um, are all roll front uh, deposits. Stra- strata bound. Um, it's the redox. It's the chemical boundary uh, yes. within the. So it's kind of a. It's a. Uh, it's almost like a cigar-shaped feature that that is running from the southwest to the northeast. It's uh, a, and, almost uh, imagine a tongue, uh, four hundred feet underground, and coat that tongue with sugar, 
And the sugar is the, quote, uranium ore. And that's what we're dealing with here. If you look at these arrows here, these yes. arrows represent the uh, areas that, of the groundwater movement through the formation. That's one of them. You can see we had three major or four major systems coming through here. There you go. And so th these, these are linear features. Well, they're, they're tongues. They have a C shape. If you, where, where are we at now? On the North Sage property, for, well, let's go to the East Diamond. It's right in the middle. If you look at the East Diamond, that arrow that you see, that is the pathway of the mineralizing solution. The roll occurs to the, just slightly to the West makes a C shape with opening to the inside over on the North Sage on the, to the east of there, that other yellow arrow, it has a C shape to the east, opens to the inside. To the west. Uh, I'm sorry, yes, opens to the west, yes. Yeah. And those red dots are old drill holes that we know that they're there we cannot use the data because we, we just don't remember exactly what's there. But those, so, that was old drilling. So um, the, the, the fluids that, that come through here, are you saying that the, the, it also flowed through here and that these are the bounding edges of the, of the mineralization? They're the approximate edges. You know, the bounding edge uh, is very sinuous. And yeah, of course. sometimes... It sometimes gets stacked in multiple S or C sections. But, but in, in, in principle, if you put a drill hole in here, you might find mineralization. But if you put out one out here, you'd expect not to. That's exactly true. But we okay. don't know for sure because we don't have the drilling in that area. to no. tell you where that mineralizing solution moved through. No, but I mean, th this is the model. Uh, this is the hypothesis at the moment that within these two curved arrows is potentially mineralization. And then you would go and do the test work and you'd have to adjust the arrow according to the data that you find. Exactly. And the, the same when you go over to, and notice where that uh, star, the shaft is. Yeah. We're right on target. We, yeah. we, we think we have the conduit for the gas, hole, gas hills mineralization okay now quick question does does the in your experience in these kinds of deposits is the mineralization concentrated around the edges or is it evenly distributed across the middle uh, you know across the section of the tongue or is it too hard to say you just got to do the work and it is where it is it's uh, usually present all through the sinuosity of the deposit and the interior, uh, hot, we call them top limb and bottom limb ore. It's usually thin, sometimes spotty, uh, low grade, or usually low grade. Uh, but that's, that's the channel that everything moved through. The okay, edges where the water moved out and you got your re reduction uh, interface, oxidation reduction interface out by the arrows, that's where we usually have the high grade. The high grade butts very tightly against the altered interior, the leached area, and the, the uranium works its way exterior to the tongue. So in other Hence. words, in the North Sage, the, 
the C shape will open to the inside and the higher grade will be wherever that channel happens to be or the edge of the channel. And then it'll grade out to the east. The opposite Hence, is true at the East Diamond property. Yeah, it's okay. So, so th- th- this brings to mind the, the, sh- the sugar coating analogy. Yes. Um, so you've got the, the alteration fluid coming through here and it's actually the contact with the oxidizing fluids. Yes. Yes. That that um, is the catalyst for the precipitation of the uranium oxides on the on the edges of that plume of kind of um, uh, alter, altering fluids. Yes, and it's, that's exactly it's, right. It's the so it's the um, it's the interface which is the crucial uh, geography or geometry that you're looking for. Yes, the interface is where the high grade is. However, in my experience, we have also been able to mine and make money on Limor. Now, depending on the strength of the mineralizing solution, the length of time that it continued to uh, leach, uh, you may find some uh, barren spots in there. Yeah. But the interior is usually leached pretty clean. There may be a lens or two here and there. Yeah. But the altered interior is pretty much devoid of mineralization. Yeah, because the, the uranium was carried in solution, it, 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 it altered, and the, the uranium got transported to the point where it was chemically unstable in solution, and it precipitated out. And yes. does, that, 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 what's the determining feature on that, uh, that catalyst? Is it, are there some um, controls on pressure, for example, is faulting or, uh, or brecciation a... Uh, a contributing factor to precipitation, or is it mostly 99% driven by the chemistry of the uh, the oxidizing fluid? Most areas are driven by the chemistry of the mineralizing solutions. However, if you recall back on that map, we had the two arrows on the right and one in the middle going to slightly to the west. There is a geomorphologic feature in there. There's a high. And that actually split where the solution, the mineralizing solutions went. But what we're so high on this property for is this was the conduit area. This is where the mineralizing solutions went through. And we now mine, or up to this date, have mined most of the gas hills north of that blue line. But south of that uh, chemical blue line, for the most part, the minerals still there. Okay, so this is this is um, kind of wide open exploration. You've got this conduit area here. You've got this conduit area here. Um, yep. You've got you've targeted the, the the outside edge of this. Your your best guess of the outside edge of this side. And again yep. here, this looks particularly data sparse through here. But there must be you've obviously got some reason for selecting that. As also the availability of the of the ground. Where where are the claims that uh, Terence Ozier, Mr. Ozier, uh, had? Well, they were the, he had some of this pink property, which okay. we acquired from him. I knew that I didn't know he had picked it up. I just knew he was a good geologist, and he worked with us at Strathmore. And uh, when when I said, "Dev, I'm too old to work. I'll help you." And you need a, said, you need a runner. I needed somebody who had enough experience, who was smart, uh, and who could do this. We got lucky that he owned a few claims out here. And now, we um, also staked some after we hired him. 
Okay. Um, and the, the data in here, you said that it's private. It's with the owner. What do you mean by that? Well, somebody else used to own that property and they have the drill holes and I think they would like to sell them. But, you know, right now we're not willing to buy them. Uh, we'll go drill a few of our own holes. We've got to verify the project anyway. Even yeah. if we had all their drilling, we would still go in and verify this project. We'd put core holes down, do some fill-in drilling, uh, just to verify what we really have. You know, there's an awful lot of projects that got staked that really weren't there. Everybody so, thought um, they were. So uh, um, the, 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 they own historic data, but they don't have any claim on the land itself. No, it's our, it's our land now. And what's the uh, what's the plan? Well, you know, what do you what what's what happens in twenty twenty three? What do you uh, in twenty twenty three? You're going to try and do arrive at what point on your understanding of those um, Beaver Rim uh, properties? We have gotten an ex we got an exploration permit last fall. Uh, the weather kind of drove us out. We didn't have enough time to enact our exploration permit by the time we got it. So what we are going what we're planning to do is drill some uh, exploration holes to just verify what we know and where we know it. And we may be off a couple hundred feet. You know, you can never tell when you're drilling 800 to 1,000 feet. Uh, anyway, sure. we're going to do that. We'll probably put in one or two core holes, and we intend to acquire additional properties where we are very confident there could be mineralization. Okay, so... Um is it fair to say you're still on the building the land package and yes. you're going to do a little bit of proof of concept work? Yes. This, this property is right. It's, it's the gas hills. This is the area that nobody drilled because the ore was anywhere from 100 to 400 feet deep. When I left Federal American, well, when they closed down Federal American Partners, we had three pits, open pits in ore. It was 14 million pounds sitting in open pits. We had 8 million pounds at that UPZ underground federal or uh, American nuclear, which was part of Federal American. They were one of the partners that formed uh, the partnership. At the Peach property, that Atlas shaft, they were planning an underground. We know yeah. it's there. And the Muskrat and uh, Blackstone trend is highly mineralized. Uh, I had done resources on that when I worked there. We used to own it. But you're, the, the, the ultimate goal here is not to uh, mine it, but to do an ISR project. Is that correct? Yes, we're, we're looking at it as an ISR at this point in time. The, the uh, material is probably the second, well, one of the best for ISR. Very permeable. It's just, it's just a good project for ISR. And are there other ISR projects in the area that are being revitalized or, or Chemical has gotten uh, an ISR project for areas in that blue zone. They have actually filled the shaft or reclaimed the shaft. I don't know if they filled it. And are doing an ISR around the shaft? Or, yeah, they're going to. Or, or they're using the shaft for its. Um, no, for, they're for, not going to use the shaft. There, there'd be no control on it. Uh, you would be. It was a. Yeah. I think it was a 14 foot shaft. Yeah, I've been I've been in it, but it's been so long ago. I'm sorry, but it would be almost uncontrollable. 
But that muskrat blackstone trend, uh, very recoverable, no open pits nearby to interfere with it. Uh, and we, our only differences were a little deeper up on Beaver Rim. Which is, uh, I'm very which is optimistic. Right. Uh, well, you're a geologist, you're entitled to be optimistic. You have to be. <laughs> we don't have a choice. Otherwise, <laughs> we'd be on the street. <laughs> we, or, or depressed watching Netflix. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, tell me, uh, thank you very much for the, for the introduction to Beaver Rim. Um, can you tell me a little, let's, can we just shift focus to the Shirley Basin? Can you tell me a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, I, um, I would love and, to shift. I'd love to shift to Shirley Basin. Uh, I, were, I started in Shirley Basin in 72. And my first job at, with Utah International was an ore controlman on the night shift. I showed up, they gave me a Geiger counter and a Mack truck. If you can believe this, I'm 25, 24 years old, 23 years old. They give me a Mack truck. I've never driven a Mack truck in my life. And a Geiger counter on night shift and said, go down in the ore and anytime you're down in the pit, whenever you find ore, put a flag in it. That was my instruction manual. By morning, I was nearly frozen to death. Uh, I didn't know the purpose of the truck was a starting shack that I could get in and turn it on and get warm. I right. stood out in 20 below zero all night long uh, looking for pink flags. And I did find some, you know, the Geiger counter would go to a certain level and you put a flag in the ground and uh, leave it for the <laughs> day shift. And I did that for several months. And, and then uh, they said, geez, he must know what he's doing a little bit. So they put me on day shift and what an eye opener. A lot of ore made its way to the wrong places. There was no training program. Uh, dilution was horrid. Uh, we were mining with three cubic uh, meter buckets uh, on excavators with a crew that basically we picked up on the bar on Friday nights. Yeah. This this was the cruise, and we we probably wasted fifty percent of what we mined that that first year that they were open. Well, now that's it's, horrible. It's, it is horrible, but that's how improvements happen. You know, you start low and you, well, you get better. And and then they said, you know, what can we do? So I put together a training program, uh, and I got to actually have an office with heat uh, and mice. But. Uh, we put together a training program. We obviously were able to conquer the problems in the pit. My main job was uh, pit geologist and uh, assisting with the mine superintendent to move the ore to the uh, pad or pad for the mill. We had our own mill right there. More roll front mineralization. All roll front. This was where the roll front model really was developed. And how did you... Uh, pick up night owl and uh, agate. Well, <laughs> I, I worked in Shirley Basin for a little, right around nine years, and I asked for a transfer to Africa with the company, and uh, they responded, "How about Riverton, Wyoming, which is over at the Gas Hills?" So you know, being a good uh, employee, I went over there. I, I think it was about '76. I was in the mine. And this gentleman, uh, an older gentleman, came in to the mine superintendent and said, uh, I've got some property up around Shirley Rim. 
do you have somebody who can take me up there? And uh, it was Mac Tilly, if anybody knows of Mac, God bless him. Uh, he said, did Joy all take you up? And I said, geez, Mac, I don't know where this property is. He says, well, you just go through Hewards and keep going. Well, I said, well, I can do that. So this older gentleman, Mr. Corder and I took off. He had a drill rig with him and we took his drill rig up to, the, he had coordinates and stuff. We had maps. We took his drill rig up to Night Owl and, you know, he said, thank you. And we talked for a little bit and he invited me up for a campfire dinner one night. And uh, I went up there and I said, how are you doing? He says, oh, we just can't get a hold down. We're having a lot of trouble. He says, but we got one done. And he says, we have ore in it. And he says, we mined back here in the 50s. I said, you did? I never heard of this. I worked in Shirley Basin nine years. I never heard of the Night Owl property. Anyway, I visited with this gentleman a few more times. And, you know, that was 40 some years ago. Uh, Dev said, we need another property. And I said, you know, I've been wanting to go and do something with Night Owl. And I believe the folks that owned it are gone now. And I think it's open. So we had Terrence go out and sure enough, it was open. Hadn't been, it had been open since 1986, I believe. Wow. Uh, so uh, we Chernobyl. claimed the, the claimed the night owl property. We had I had never seen the ore, didn't know that they had a little pit there or an excavation. And uh, you know, Terrence went out and says, "You're not going to believe this." He says, "There's mineral laying on the surface." I said, "You're kidding me." He says, "No." So anyway, we did some sampling, and it actually exceeds the grade in Shirley Basin from all the pits. That was about 2,200s down there. We've had samples as high as 0.36. That's pretty close to seven pounds per ton. Not quite. Uh, yeah, 3,600 ppm. Um, and uh, is it amenable to uh, in-situ leaching or is this an open no, pit kind of? I, I sincerely doubt it. My my idea for this property, it's, it's right at the surface. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, we went out there this summer, Dev and uh, Jamie and one of our, uh, you know, from our board, and we were picking up ore right on, or mineralization on the surface. We had stuff that pegged the counter on the surface. These poor folks from years back mined under where the ore is. This is not in a roll front deposit. It's in a brecciated limestone of uh, Mississippian age. It's, it's all fractured. The solutions from the, the source rock for all of Shirley Basin is within about two miles of this property, the Granite Mountains. And th this, if this you see this, you'll get excited too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've seen that. I've seen the rocks. And this is why I was asking about, is it all roll front and is it typical no. for ISR? Because this, this is, looks different. Um, no. It's, uh, the, 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 the limestone may be of Mississippian age, but the mineralization presumably came later. We don't know the exact age on the mineralization. This is something that Terrence and I are going to be working on. And this is why we are enrolling the university or hope to enroll the University of Wyoming to assist us. This is a highly technical deposit that nobody has ever figured out. Old literature talks about stuff leaching down through the White River and being deposited on this uh, old surface. And we don't know uh, if that's true or not. I, I don't think it is. I think it came from 
the mountains during the Laramide orogeny. I don't know that for a fact. Okay. Okay. And so the breccia could be some kind of overpressuring or some kind of, um, it, it, it's a kind of a hydrothermal breccia or it's a kind of a fluid breccia rather than a uh, tectonic breccia or a kind of a basal yes. um, breccia. Yes. And, and these, you know, uh, right now we've identified autonite, which is a hydrous calcium uranyl phosphate and other highly mobile uranium minerals. Uh, I had identified Liebigeit uh, years and years and years ago where it deposited in old underground workings. This stuff looks very similar. We've yeah. had high-grade solution movements. It's not, not a roll front at all. Now, what we and it's, we've got it on the surface. And this, this material, this uh, Madison limestone, is dipping towards the agate property, the other edge of the basin, at about seven degrees. So we can do a fairly, oh, I want to say, low-cost exploration project down to a depth of a few hundred feet. And if we're still finding it there, which I kind of expect we will, I can't say what I think it is. It's very good news. So, so you, you 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 like the scale potential on this? I mean, are, you, are we talking down a fault into the? Um, uh, no, or, right or, down or, the dip slope. Down the dip slope. Have you got any idea of kind of um, uh, strike length on this? I mean, uh, any kind of understanding of scale? Well, right now we we have just uh, laid out where the original night owl property is or was, and uh, right now we have. I believe it's pretty close to 2,000 acres. We had about half that. And then this fall, we hired a company out of Reno, Nevada, to go in and fly this property and do some geophysical surveys. Can I just, can I just um, pull it up? I'm gonna, I want to have a look at this with you. We nearly doubled um, our claim block after we did these geophysical surveys because partway through it, not only did we identify the surface ore that we had sampled, we now see a surface or very shallow trend from that point to the southeast. So we acquired additional properties on the southeast. We also see it down dip into, towards the uh, interior of the basin. If you look on the Night Owl property there up in the northeast yeah. corner, if just divide that block in half. Uh, so, so on the on the neck. Yeah, right there. Take your cursor and go just to the west slowly. Row right yep. there, right there is where we where the little finger on the hand is, is where we found the the mineralization of about six to seven pounds per ton. Yeah. And from there, if you go just slightly southeast, you see that ridge. I see there that you go, right that. there. Yeah, 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 Follow yeah. that ridge and go down to the southeast corner of the property. Somewhere around here. That's, yeah, right, yeah. We have a, a mineralization showing up along that trend. And okay, nice. if you also go at a night angle, a right angle to that trend. Down dead. Down to the southwest, same thing. Yeah. It's flat-lying. And it looks like it's uh, laying in the Madison at about the dip slope. Okay, nice. So, um, which brings us back to your original question. I hate to do this to you. No. You said what? You know, you were. Is it an ISR property? I don't look at it as ISR. 
to me, in my mind right now, this is a heap leach type property, but a very controlled heap leach. Uh, be indoors, concrete floor with a, a dip on this floor of five to seven degrees, a slope, uh, liner, and we'll pump the uh, leaching material in at the high end and, and move it down to the low end and recover it in a trough, just as nature emplaced it. Yeah. It'll be covered, won't be out in the weather. We don't have a groundwater pollution problem then. Uh, don't have an airborne problem. And uh, this is not going to be a 2,000 ton a day operation. You know, it'd be much smaller than that, but a, a good economic operation, I believe. So interesting. So what's the, um, I noticed also on the, on the, um, on the map that the agate property to the southwest had a whole series of historic drill holes. So uh, you do you, you may have access to that data. Do you have data, or or is that also with the previous owners? Let's can we put the map back up again, please? Yes, of course. You don't uh, have to put it up. I can just talk to it. I worked out there for a long, long. No, 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 no. Here we go. All right. If you go over to the agate property and you see these yellow mineralizing solution trends again, yeah. Uh, the C shape over down at the agate property is going to be to the west. To the okay? east. To the west. The C will open to the east. So the so the, the, the this is altered and this is unaltered. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Good, I, I didn't know if you'd recognize that. The altered is where the little hand is. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Cameco yeah. has a property for in-situ recovery just north of us there. You can see it. Yeah, six to eight million pounds, m and I worked at the place that Terrence has labeled Lucky Mac Mining, and that's where I mined about 20 million pounds. Yeah, in here. Typical roll front. We were at the north end where the yellow arrow is there. Yeah. I've seen, I saw, we had both sides Instead of being a C shape, we had the whole ellipsoid. Yeah, gotcha. we had both sides, top and bottom. Yeah, and I so we they had solution mined that area years ago. I mean, back in the early six, fifth, late fifties, early sixties, first in situ recovery operation in the United States was back in the mid sixties. There, late sixties. They had solution mined it. I did a, a core study and found out that we, or that what I thought was fully as much as they mined was still there. And it was. But coming back to agate property, this data here, do you have the this agate, data? With those are historic drill holes, the red. Yeah. And those, those are, they were drilled by Kerr McGee back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, those drill holes. We have the logs available at the, the Wyoming Geological Survey, and uh, there's about I think Terrence said three to four hundred. He thinks there could be up to five hundred uh, logs available. So that's a lot of information. You can see from the drilling there where they're concentrated. That's probably where the interface is. And so next year, it's data collation from Agate. Uh, and are you going to also looking to pick up more properties in this area? 
Yes, I'd like to, because you can see it. There's something going off the southwest corner of the property. There's something coming off the southeast. We seem to have contained it pretty well in the northeast. But to the west of us, I have a, and we're trying to look at this right now, uh, another old Kerr-McGee area that was shown in old literature. Nobody ever did much with it. And I'm, we're, I think we're going to try to pick it up also. Uh, as a whole for the, the work program of next year, this year, are you going to do some proof of concept work or some early stage exploration on the ground? Is that, is that, is that part of the plan once the, once the, once the, the, the weather clears? Spring yeah, and summer? When, the, when the weather clears night owl, we're going to go in and finish our geophysical work, our aerial work. And then hopefully we're going to have a couple of students working up there on their PhD theses. Yeah. At Agate, we we want to, and we're going to also do some drilling and maybe some test pits up there. Uh, in in Nighttown. Night and yeah. you can see they're not very far apart, 10 or 12 miles. And down at Agate, Agate is typical roll front, 15 to 150 feet deep. Way, way, way shallower, and it's saturated. The permeability and porosity is excellent. I used to go out uh, when I was just a young geologist to see the, a friend of mine worked out on the Kermagee rigs, he wouldn't show me the, the cuttings or the logs, but he said, sometimes the drillers don't get them covered at night. And I, I would go out and look at the cuttings and see what they had. And they, they had perfect roll front cuttings. Yeah. Um, you well, can, how, how do you recognize that? Is that? Do you actually get a kind of yellowish tinge to the... Yep, yep. The altered interior would be a greenish color, limonite staining, greenish to a brownish color. That's the limonite stain where the mineralizing solution, the leaching solutions move through. And to the west, you'll find virgin ground, which is a gray color that grades to a dark color where the roll front is, the higher grade mineralization. Okay. Yeah. And that's your ammonite um, down there. Okay. John, thank you so much. It's been a really fascinating talk. Uh, we, 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 we better leave it there. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you and hearing about your experiences there and uh, seeing what you've got planned for the company, which I think is, um, you know, it, you, you sound as if you're enjoying it. It sounds as if um, you're glad you're not playing golf and uh, just looking after your dog, but you seem to be quite enthused about getting back in the saddle, so to speak, of the uranium horse. Dev said I was too young to retire. I'm loving it. And uh, the people I, you know, I don't know if this is on the interview or not, but you can cut it if you don't want it in there. Uh, Dev has treated me great. Uh, all the other folks, uh, Jordan, Jeremy, Jamie, just wonderful people. We have a great uh, geologist and vice president and Terrence Osier. Uh, very, very pleased with my situation. Uh, I don't draw a salary. This is like somebody who works in the store and says, I don't get a commission, but yeah. I'm, I'm very high on these projects. You know, as a geologist, we never know what we'll get, but everything points the right direction. If you ever have a chance, I'd be happy to take you out. Oh, I'd, I, one of these days, I'd love to see some um, uranium, uranium geology. I worked, in, I worked in West Africa on a uranium project on the, on the DASA uh, project with Global Atomic, and that was just totally amazing. Um, oh. But I'd love to... Yeah, but I'd, I'd I'd love to see the um I'd love to see the the, the Wyoming deposits, but that'll have to be another day. Um, but for now, um, thank you very much for your time and uh, good luck with the projects. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed talking with you. 
If I'm too long-winded, just cut some of it out. I'm sure Crux might uh, do some editing, and uh, we'll try and get this to be a kind of a uh, a concise yeah, interview. But uh, it, it's certainly fascinating. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Have a Goodbye. great holiday season.